podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. And welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And on the phone, Dave Watson. Hi, hello. Hi. I got stuck between hi and hello. It was good. Fuck. I thought you said hi, love. I quite liked that. <laughs> no, it was good. I would like to see you go into Dragon's Den. <laughs> Or pitching a new greeting. Pitching a new greeting. It's a mix. It's for those who feel that hello is too formal and hi is too casual. It's the smart casual greeting. How, how's this going to work for me? I've got kids. <laughs> Duncan Bannatine responds to everything. Well, he's not on it anymore. Is he not? No. Yeah. I've met Duncan de Bannatine. Duncan de Bannatine? Yeah, Duncan de, That's my other pitch. Or <laughs> <laughs> It's a very undrunken, undrunken, <laughs> drunken Valentine's a great character. Has that <laughs> Today's pod is just going to be a series of uh, failed uh, words <laughs> said and then repitched as Dragon's Den ideas. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you get the gist. Uh, are you okay, Dave? I'm all right, yeah. Uh, I think my car's fucked, but. Apart from that, well, I'm all BMW. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for laughing. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit cruel. I've had it two months, and it's um, dumping oil everywhere, and I've had to send it back to the garage to get it yeah. Well, this is still just, in the warranty, though. Well, this is just another lesson for you why people from your background, Dave, just you just can't handle it, can you? <laughs> you just can't <laughs> handle nice things. <laughs> Uh, no social mobility whatsoever. No, that's why, you know, if you were to go to Oxbridge, it would just go wrong. If you were to get a BMW, it, it's going to go wrong. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you something from Paul Doolan's life. Paul, we were just in the pub. Paul uh, valiantly is carrying on with uh, Dry January. Yeah. Well done, Paul. Oh, what a prick. But <laughs> yeah, I agree with both statements. As almost compensation, he has to basically down a plate <laughs> of sausage and mash yeah. in about four minutes. It arrived it, five minutes before the start of the pod. I think I did quite a good job. He did well. It was tempting to put the plate on my head at the end, like a downed pint. <laughs> just too much gravy. So, um, well, that was a terrific... Uh, Start to the pub, but let's get straight into football. So, as I understand it, Dave, you saw the game. Yeah. I missed the game because I was going to go to Palace Burnley, but the tickets fell through, but I was already in football mode, so decided spontaneously to go to Millwall Preston. So I went right. to Millwall Preston on my own on Saturday and basically regretted it. And um, Paul missed it because you went to see... Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, the film. Lad. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. It's good, yeah, really strong start. The lads really did well at the beginning. <laughs> 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 that is very good. Good, there you go. So, um, what would you give the uh, Saturday's performance from Newcastle on Rotten Tomatoes, Dave? <laughs> I wouldn't certify it fresh, but um, it was certainly. To be to be honest, we played pretty well. Um, 
we just lack that quality up front. I know, I know we keep saying it, but it, it doesn't just because we keep saying it doesn't make it any less true. I think uh, Gale hasn't scored in eight home matches, I think, or eight matches, actually. Is it eight matches? He hasn't scored in a fucking long time, anyway. Um, the longest uh, streak at home without a win um, since, like, Carver and Kinnear, which isn't great. Um but it just it, it just keeps coming back to that thing that we just lack quality in, in key areas. Um the the chances that fell to Dwight Gale in the first half, they were begging to be put away by uh, if only we had like some big, strong, powerful in the air, a little bit mental. If we had someone like that, I think we would have been two or three goals up in the first half. Oh, okay. Dmitrovic was never gonna play this weekend though, was he? No, I know because... he's gone. Because he, Isn't he put, injured as well. Did you see what he put on um, Instagram, Dave? No. Have you not? Have you? Have you? Are you on Instagram, Dave? No, no, I'm not. You I'm got, not cool you enough. Got, you got to see Mitrovic on Instagram. He had this picture. I can't even remember what was in the picture, but it was what was written underneath. It said, um, "Sign up and deposit up to fifty pounds, and Labrooks will put the same amount." A good one. Yeah, we'll put the same amount into your account, giving up to fifty pounds worth of free bets follow the link to bet.newcastlepodcast.com then I mean, <laughs> after that there was no way Rafa could pick him was there <laughs> you can't say that before a game and expect to even get on no. the bench I totally um, I've, I've done it I, de- I was really panicked once we got into the football and I realised I'd forgot but I've done it I've fulfilled my responsibilities <laughs> yeah now you can um, now you can legally get the big bucks in <laughs> the podcast way yeah but um to get back to the football away from... No, sure, um, please, continue. Betting <laughs> uh, the, um Yeah, we, we were absolutely terrorising uh, Kyle Bartley and um, he was having an absolute nightmare against Atsu and Perez, who Perez had a decent game in the first half, lost, a bit, lost his way a bit in the second half, but first half he was... Uh, all that was missing from his game really was a was a goal, and he had a he had a, a, an opportunity where it, um, the ball came through to him, and had he a little bit more confidence on his left foot, maybe he could have um, put it away. I saw a match of the day; they gave him a bit of criticism for that, but that's the kind of opportunity when it falls to uh, a player of his limited ability, he's as likely to drag it wide with his wrong foot as he is. You know, uh, he poked at it with his right, and it, you know, maybe catch a keeper on the on a on a bad day, it goes in, or maybe he takes a lucky deflection or something like that. So I'm not going to give him too much criticism. But the the two chances that came that Gale were both crosses from the left, um, and fairly central. And had he a bit more confidence, perhaps maybe he would have found the back of the net. But they both were just... like ones that needed a bit of neck power, something I don't associate with Dwight Gale. But he didn't do what you would want from. Uh, a Newcastle number nine, or even a Newcastle no. number forty. No, um, yeah. no. It, it basically it was a a massive uh, display of uh, what we're lacking. I mean, we're probably lacking in every area, but uh, we were able to create enough chances to win the game. But we do not yeah. have the striker to do that. Do we, Paul? No. The problem with Gale as well is he doesn't 
when you compare him to Hostler, he's not really got the hold-up play or really any other side to his game. He's all about finishing. And if he's not even finishing, then it is a bit of a waste having I him I see up there. him as a finisher, but it's, he's, I guess he's a confidence player. And yeah. He, I guess he's only really a finisher of certain types of goals as well. I think it, yeah. he is just a confidence striker and he must be pretty out of confidence. But our record when he starts is pretty abysmal as well. I saw something about yeah. our record uh, with with and without Shelby and it was not complimentary to Shelby. No. For whom there is some talk about him leaving in January. I mean, yeah, there was I've a thing in the game of when West he was... Ham. Sorry. No, I was just because I've seen that he's been linked to West Ham. That's, that was all I was going to say. That's right. I think I feel like we've mentioned that on another pod now. Mm. Yeah. And when he was subbed as well, he refused to shake Rafa's hand, but it looks like that's all been glossed over quite easily. I think if we yeah. if we knew a replacement would come in, then he would be gone. I think in the summer he might well be gone, but we can't afford to sell him at the moment. But in many respects, you could say he's our best player in terms of ability. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't, but you can't sometimes just, you have to you carry him the, through a game. Yeah, exactly. And, and if he's not if he's not producing from free kicks and if he's not producing assists and if he's not scoring himself, for all he's got the ability, he's not putting it into in, into practice. So when you've got players who are significantly less talented than him but who graft a lot, um, in our team that's probably more valuable at the minute. Um because it's not, it's not, it's so it'd be the same as if we had someone like Hatem Benarfa. If he's not doing anything that he's good at, then he's an actually he's a drain on the side because he, he's not putting in the effort as well. Um, I, w- I would wouldn't be adverse to selling him in January if we knew there was a replacement coming in, but I just cannot see anybody coming in of his quality or better and who works hard because. We can't afford them, and we won't be able to attract them on loan. Well, we'll get into transfer talk in a minute, but um, sure. Uh, I wish we still have had had Hatem Ben Arthur. What's happened to Hatem Ben Arthur? Isn't Is he, he s- buying out his contract or something? He's, he's he? available, I think. Yeah, there were rumours that he was he was going to return to the Premier League. Uh, I think with West Ham, but um, I think that's just. Papers putting two and two together. I think it's just a count. Not- I think it's just a countdown to the day when I decide to Google Hatem Ben Arfa to uh, see where he is now, and he's at that team in Kerala. <laughs> Everyone- <laughs> where David James ended up. Everyone ends up at that team in Kerala. I think. Uh, look, Michael Chopra is a Kerala. Now, yeah. I think it's a, it's a countdown for Kerala to Kerala for Hatem because they want that sweet retirement coconut milk. That's why they all flock there. <laughs> Thing. I mean, it's um, not a bad place to retire as a footballer, no, semi-retire. Um, the other talking points from the game were obviously the goal that we conceded. I think uh, Atsu didn't cover the overlapping fullback. And Dummett was pulled in really tight, really narrow. And I'm not, not 100% sure why he was that deep and narrow. But um, And then for a player of Andre Ayew's diminutive stature to to be able to win a header between Clark and Lascelles, that's pretty poor. Um, I'm sure Benitez will be pretty angry about it. 
And then the other talking point is obviously Modi Army's um, handball, well, armed ball, um, clear red card, clear penalty for me. And I think we got away with that. We did get away with yeah. it. That was that would not have been good if we'd have lost that game, would it? At home well, thankfully, they haven't brought in VAR. Yes, I mean, that probably cut on its way, isn't it? It's in the post. But Although if they did bring in VAR over the course of a season, we'd probably have more points than we do now based <laughs> on yeah. it. We'd have had some penalties over the last year. Certainly, Mate. and some red cards for yeah. the opposition, yeah. Maybe. What do you stand on VAR? Oh. <laughs> what if it's possible to do it in a way that doesn't slow down the game too much and just have stoppages all the time I think it could be good but I don't mind refereeing being a talking point from having shite referees every now and then it does generally <clears throat> seem to even itself out if it, I've instinctively I've always been for it but when you start to think about it actually happening when it starts to feel mm. like a reality. I'm aware that as a follower of cricket, I've got a broad range of interests, Dave. Um, <laughs> as a follower of cricket and Dostoevsky, <laughs> as a follower of cricket, one of the it's definitely been good to have it mm. in cricket and worthwhile. But it does mean that very often you'll get a big celebration for a wicket and then a, oh, was that a wicket? And then you've got two minutes of waiting to find out if the yeah. thing that you celebrated actually happened. And that's annoying in a sport that takes place over a whole day. That yes. level of sure. delay. But, but that would but be annoying. In fo- but it's not. it wouldn't just be the time delay. It would be the... Now all you have to do when you celebrate is like have a quick look to see whether the yeah. lineman's got his flag up, and if he hasn't, then yeah, we're on our way. Yeah, but then I don't think there's going to be that many instances um, in the game that the VAR becomes intrusive. Um, I think the the stuff like that, that red card penalty thing, that's a fairly cut and dry for me. Like. If the if the lines like the person in charge, like the assistant referee or whoever's watching the VAR, if he hits a button and and the the ref's watch buzzes or something like that, the ref can trot across and the guy can say, "Yeah, there was a definite handball. It's it's a, it's a red card and it's a penalty. Here's the video. Okay, great, done." That whole thing would take very little time, realistically. But didn't they when they were when doing it, it in the Carabao Cup uh, last week? When there are instances where they were stopping it for uh, potential fouls in the box, and that is even even after you've seen the replay a couple of times, there's, there's still a debate yeah. there. It takes... It's still down to one person's judgment, but just because it's not perfect doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. The thing I yeah, I just think using the example of cricket, it does just slow it down too much, and it's not always certain. And things like fouls in the box as well in cricket now. A lot of the time, the umpire will just go to the video referee at decisions where they're fairly sure anyway, just yeah. to be better safe than sorry. So it's, I think it takes puts the onus on the referee to just play it safe anytime anybody goes down in the box. I think we'd see too many stoppages, but I wouldn't be against trying it and seeing. Yeah, I think with if if you get the the, the VAR guy, if it's cut and dry like the Arme's handball. 
if it's, you know, absolute nailed on, he can say, ref, this is an absolute nailed on. If it's something like a foul in the box where it's, it would take a few viewings from a few different angles to get a really close, you know, a really good idea of what's happened, then I think that the the guy watching the VAR has to be sure before he before he, you know, buzzes and gets the referee's attention. Yeah, and even that's going to end up being a grey area, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. going to be, then there's going to be in the future people going, well, why didn't he buzz? Why didn't we have VAR on that one now that we yeah. all know that they got it wrong? It, here's a um, conspiracy theory. Perhaps. We're I really heading. want you to say something absolutely awful now. <laughs> we're not. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah, perhaps this is a little too... Um, Just about an atrocity. Total recall. <laughs> No, perhaps we're headed for a dystopian future in which VAR is used by television companies to stick in an advert break. Well, you know, that's a fair point. I'm talking a few good. There would have to be some softening on the way to that. Yeah, but I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. When our children and grandchildren watch uh, football in their um, pods. (laughs) (laughs) Well, didn't some. American football star say that like the death of NFL as a as a sport instead of just a bit of theatre. The death of that was when they started putting adverts in the in the stops between scrimmages and or whatever they call them. I'm not I'm not down with gridiron. I don't know the the parlance, but yeah, as soon as they started putting adverts in the middle of that, it stopped being a a sport anymore. It just became you know, like I say, theatre. American I'm, I'm sports behind. have that. They have like a specific amount of timeouts that they have to have for just for commercials. Yeah. Ah, I think with VAR as well, if you look at the moment at the the thing about looking retroactively at diving in the box, that's mm. using video evidence and there's still uncertainty over that and that's when they've got a weekend to make the decision rather than just a short stoppage in the game. So yeah, whether it's I'm worth saying. having that I mean, better referees would be the answer for yeah. me, but that's easier said than well, done. Well, we broadened our um, topic base there. That was all our, that'll all go on our demo tape for Football Weekly. <laughs> 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 but um, uh, I'll tell you what we'll do is we'll have a quick break and after the break we'll bring it straight back to Newcastle United and uh, how we feel about the 2017-18 season and how that might be going. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back. So, I mean, I don't know how much there more there is to say about the uh, the Swansea game. We've not mentioned our goal yet. I don't think. Oh yeah, let, okay. <laughs> let's mention our yeah. Okay, no, fair yeah, enough. Cool. Yeah, all, all right. right. No, if you, if the, I don't want to be that guy, but. Sure, no, this is a nice little pet project of yours, Paul. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what you thought about our goal? <laughs> I don't know, I was in the cinema. You know this. Well, it was Hosselu, and uh, it was a bit... I mean, it was nice to see him score. He yeah. looked very happy about it. He seems like a lovely man. It seemed sort of fortunate in the sense... I mean, you've got to be there and you've got to get away the shot, but it, was, it seemed sort of fortunate that it managed to make its way yeah. over the line because I had to get through a few Well, yeah, ones. but then it was a couple of bits of good fortune. I think we earned it by working hard, but it started with um, Swansea in their right-back, right-midfield area. Uh, the, 
one of their players um, miscontrolled and it fell to Perez, drove into the box. He he took a shot, but it deflected into Hosselu's path. But to all credit to Hosselu, what he did is he calmed, set himself, instead of just swinging blindly, managed to get half a turn and drill it from the, well, dr- yeah, put it from the, the right-hand side of the box into the, the far left-hand corner, and it was right in the corner. And yes, it went through a few legs, and that's a, also a bit of fortune, but I, I'd say that's a very good finish. It's, um, you know, I don't I don't think that he he was lucky with the finish. I think he was, you know... Oh, he did as well as he could have done finish. under the circumstances. Yeah. I, I just I mean to say that... Credit. No, I don't... I, I'm not calling it a fluky finish at all. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, you know, it. once he put the shot away, it had to be, he was relying on luck for it to get yeah. over the line. Mm. And it and it, and it it happened. And well done, Hosselu. Maybe he'll uh, start in the next game. But maybe he won't, because maybe we'll have brought in a big-name striker. So th- this seems like, in between now and the next pod, a week from now, or certainly the next pod after that. This seems like a pretty big moment in Newcastle's history, potentially. Yeah. It like, feels ominous. Yeah. If if the takeover doesn't happen now, I mean... <laughs> it's hard to build a case for carrying on <laughs> if it doesn't happen. We might as well just be the first life. club in football not to go to administration... Just, just to give up, everyone. Just to go. Just to go. Fuck it. We're trying something else. Just, to, <laughs> just take what we've got left and just open an art gallery. Like, what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, if we if the takeover doesn't happen this month, so here's where we are. We still don't. The takeover is rumbling on and on and. There aren't a lot of lot of positive sounds coming out, but it is still supposedly on the cards. But also, the January transfer window is rumbling on and on, and our relegation battle is becoming more and more real. Mm. Um, mm. And supposedly, uh, I keep on reading interviews with Rafa where he's saying. He doesn't have a transfer budget yet. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's got to spend. And every time that happens, I look at the date. Well, he so said we're, com- he we're currently on. Uh, so what is it as it stands? It's it's January the sixteenth. And didn't he say he wanted all the business done by? Is it the twenty first or twenty fourth or yeah. something? That's not looking likely. Yeah. So and it, I've also heard rumblings that. We're still in a situation where for him to get someone in, he still needs to get people off the books. Yeah, which is weird because that was what was said at the end of the last window and he got about three players off the books without bringing anyone else in. But the we might, if we have another month or so, or if the window was, say, a month longer, then we might get Kennedy from Chelsea. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's something. I don't know. I... I... I don't think the the business that we're going to do in this window is going to be affected about by the takeover or not. I think that it should have been, and that we should have, you know, been taken over by somebody who actually wants to own a football club and doesn't just want a massive fucking billboard um, for his cat. Uh, 
I think we will get in some bodies, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be groundbreaking. I think hopefully we'll pull in a decent striker on loan, like a Batshuayi or. Um, I've seen rumours of like Theo Walcott being rumoured to go somewhere on loan. Probably not going to come our way. I don't think we'd pay like either of their Everton. wages. Though. That's the thing. We get no. mentioned in all those ones, but we're not. We're not. We're not playing in the same era of football as every other yeah. team. <laughs> I tell you, there is one link that I I, I hold out some hope for, uh, and a loan link for uh, Everton's Davy Classen who's a number 10 goal-scoring attacking uh, Dutchman. And we all know that goal-scoring attacking midfield Dutchman, they they hit the ground running at Newcastle. So, um, Well, we got rid we of should... one who we could do with this season. <laughs> That's another matter. Don't be CM Dion. Yeah, but I, I think... If you're listening, uh, CM, I miss you. Call us. Um, no, I think, I think we will bring in some bodies... Um, but that might just be fucking hope against evidence on my part because yeah. Mike Ashley. But it, but to my original point is I don't think the the takeover doesn't need to happen before the window shuts. I don't think it'll happen before the window shuts. Is what I'm saying. And I don't think. I, but I do think we'll bring in some players. Um, but like and I players, do think that, I don't think we need bodies because we. I think we've got like bodies in terms of we've got we've got footballers who are functioning football what we yeah. need oh, okay. is an yeah. increase in quality we need a striker yeah. who can score goals we don't We're creating need, plenty of chances we don't need another hosselu and that's no disrespect to hosselu because for for 5 million he's been all right but well for 5 million he's been a 5 million pound striker right. you can't you but we need be, yeah but, but what yeah. what we desperately need is uh, a 25 million pound striker yeah we need an up in quality in uh, various age areas of the pitch, but most particularly uh, uh, striker, because it doesn't matter how good your tactics are and how well drilled you are, that's the position where you really need someone who can actually finish. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it's the most expensive role position to, to fill. But And we're not going to spend that money. I think we'd have to sell no, Mitrovic and Gale to be able to afford to do that. And I still wouldn't trust our board to reinvest any money from sales. No, I think, I think it'll be, at best, it'll be loan signings and maybe bargain basement looking for a, looking for a bit of luck to, to come our way. Is um, Danny Ng still available? He's apparently going to stay and fight for his place at Liverpool. But Sturridge might be... A, the problem is, as well, if we're not getting these players teams that are in the same position as us will so if we can if we can get a Daniel Sturridge that doesn't just help us that hinders other teams at the bottom that is true because if he's available to loan for loan and he doesn't go to us he's likely to go to someone that we're in competition with yeah like I don't know yeah because I've seen that Liverpool don't want to loan him out they want to sell him Um, and alongside his valuation of 30 odd million is also his wage demands of north of £120,000 a week. and But right now, I can't loan, see anyone being interested in either of those figures. But. No, 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 because no, he's, he's... 
even at his best, he's greedy. And that doesn't sit well with someone like Rafa Benitez, who expects you to work hard and work for the team. And I don't think Daniel Sturridge is that kind of player. I think he's naturally natural talent-wise. He could have been, he could have been, you know, brilliant. But he's a bit injury prone, and he's a selfish player. But from so, Liverpool, from Liverpool's point of view, and I, I, I've always quite liked selfish strikers. But from Liverpool's point of view. They'll say that they want to sell him, but realistically, the best they can probably do is loan him out and get someone to pay a significant portion of yeah. his wages and for him to enhance his reputation and then maybe sell him on in the summer. Yeah. And maybe that could be us. But The problem is we don't pay high wages and we don't pay big loan fees. So the type of players no. we get on loan, sort of Christian Atsu the other season, or Kennedy. Or so Michael got, Marino, where... yeah. I mean, that wasn't like that was a, a loan fee of, I think it was like two million for the to loan him, and then eight uh, six to make it permanent. Um, and that was for a player who wasn't getting into the side at all at an unfancied league. I mean, yeah, it was a good team in an unfancied like I mean, Bundesliga is not really unfancied, but you know what I mean. Not doesn't have the same cachet as as the Premier League. And he's for a kid as well. We player. need a player who is a goal scorer and isn't just raw potential. It's like, you remember when um, Barcelona took that principled stance of not taking money for sponsorship? It's like we've taken the principled stance of not paying for footballers. I think it's a statement (laughs) against the amount of money that agents make from transfer fees. It's a statement. and and I think history will look upon (laughs) upon what we've done well. It's the first phase in Corbyn's Britain that is what's going on here we're are bring, you likening Mike bringing, Ashley and Lee Charnley to Rose Parks yes I think they're bringing down capitalism they're installing Scandinavian socialism <laughs> <laughs> I think you're on to something yeah so um, so let's just we, none Can of I us knows make a point about on. One, one signing we do seem to have made is this actually quite decent central midfielder called Modi Army. I don't know when we signed him <laughs> or where we got him from, but he's been he's been probably our best midfielder the last few games. That is true. Maybe something's something's happened there. Maybe he went to see some kind of voodoo doctor. <laughs> It'd be nice to see him and Marino start a game together. I think yeah. that could be Who'd have thought we'd have said that at the beginning of the yeah. season? Yeah. Jesus. But, you know, he's he's working hard and in, in our midfield, that's what we need. And I think we mentioned it before where he's got a little bit more um, physical presence on the ball than than certainly than Hayden does, which is a shame because I really like Hayden. I mm. think he's a, he's got the potential to be a better footballer than Diane is. Um, but if we, if we are playing, I mean, next up, we'll probably get onto it in a bit, but next up we've got Man City and it could be that the reason that we played um, Diame and Shelby in this game is because we're going to set up more defensively with Marino and Hayden in the next. We'll see. I mean, yeah, that is an interesting situation where we've got Man City again. It feels like we've only just played them. We've uh, we better rattle on a little bit uh, before I go into some Twitter action. I might as well chuck out the question. What do you think the percentage chances are of us going down, guys? 
Shall I go first? Yeah, go on, Paul. I'm going to say 40. A 40% chance yeah. it was going down. So, I mean, looking at it now, we've got championship level squad. We're probably going to still have one after the transfer window and we're still not in the bottom three. There is a lot of shit yeah. in the division. There are. There's some yeah, other teams. I include us in that. Yeah, but there are quite a few teams in a in a sticky spot. Dave? 35. 35. Okay, Ooh, pretty close to Quite Paul. negative for you. Yeah, I was, I was expecting you to pull out a 4%. I just think that the... The shit at the bottom of the table, like um, Stoke, West Brom, Southampton, Swansea. Even though we, just yeah, but I was like Stoke, West, Stoke, West Brom, and Swansea could all um, Stoke, sorry, Southampton, Stoke, and West Brom. They could all spend a bit, and they've all got the cash out of being um, Premier League teams for the past, you know, however many years. Um, whereas we don't, and we don't have a. a an owner who's willing to spend to get out of the problem. Um, certainly not in this window when it looks like he's trying to sell the club. It just he, he seems unwilling to just to, to get the business done, which is foolhardy on his part. But yeah, thirty five percent. Okay, I've I seem to remember going through some really poor runs in the last few years, just mm-hmm. after the January transfer window closes. Um, but I'm gonna. Paul's 40%. Mm. I'm going to go 50-50. I'm going to go 50-50. Just thinking about the squad that we have and my optimism about that squad changing and the fact that we've just drawn in what was possibly our easiest fixture of the season. Yeah, if you could pick any game you could play, it would be Swansea at home. Although we should have beaten them comfortably. The performance, at least, is positive. That's true. Our XG was great, but we don't have <laughs> a, uh, a a real goal-scoring striker. Although no. I always thought that Dwight Gale may, might be that guy for us this season, but you know that you might is need to not tell Dwight happening. Gale that because I don't think he knows. No. So let's have a little look through Twitter. Bedford Max says. How much of an annoyance is it is it that every expert pundit in speech box just loves to stick the knife into us? Diame's arm to ball on Saturday, you would think he caught it, bounced it twice and hoofed it down the field listening to the experts. I'm sorry, Bedford Mag, but my instinct on that is like fans of every football team think that the pundits are against them. Mm. Always. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that would be where I'm coming from. Um, I mean, I do think there are some with a chip on the shoulder about us. Who? But then there Stan will be Collymore definitely seems to Stan Collymore, Paul Merson. But all I think Stan Collymore's got a chip on his shoulder about everyone, and Paul Merson's just got a chip on his shoulder about his own personal IQ. <laughs> yeah, I think Paul Merson's <laughs> just got bits of his brain missing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Bedford Magor says, do you think Ashley has put a massive bet on us going down so isn't going to buy anyone in case he loses that money? But then he'll lose even more money if we go... Yeah, I was going to say, it would have to be like 
a massive bet because he's going to miss out on a hundred and some million. But we do know that he's a man who likes a massive bet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think he might secretly be working for Amanda Staveley and is trying to get the price down as low as possible by getting us relegated. (laughs) How would you feel if the takeover did happen, but it was with... It was with Sir Philip Green. <laughs> he suddenly came in. Anyway, okay. That's that's for those of you who don't keep up. That's the other. That's satire. That's satire. He's the other big <laughs> bad man of British retail. Okay. Uh, I'm 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 really flying close to the edge here. I'm starting reading out loud tweets without having pre-read them. So here we go. Let's just hope I don't. In a moment, find myself in some hot water. Philip Huntsman says, if Man City start with nine men, including John Stones as rush goalie, how many would they beat us by? (laughs) Good question. (laughs) I mean, it's a good question, but we did very recently manage to to, uh, hold them to beating us by only one goal. Yeah. (laughs) But I think... um, Egged on by that challenge. I think they could beat us. I think they would beat us by more. Especially as they're coming off... (laughs) Go on, Dave. They're coming off the back of their first loss in the Premier League. That is true. They're going to be going straight from that to us and there's going to be a reaction, isn't there? And they've got no midweek game for the first time in ages. They've got a whole week to prepare for beating us. And and they'll go off and they'll sign... There was rumours that they were after Alexis Sanchez... They were duking it out with Man U for him, so they might have pulled in another forty million pound player that can happily sit on their bench. Well, he's <laughs> got a five million pound striker. We might have but, Kennedy through the door by then, Dave. <laughs> Let's not forget Kennedy's going to fix everything. He does. He does have a. Next Saturday has a real recipe for <laughs> a record-breaking. Victory. It's going to really test dry January, I think. To that be, and the yeah. end of the transfer window. To be fair, this season we haven't really had any absolute pummelings, have we? We don't. Manu cons- and Chelsea were the only ones really, and that was without Lascelles. But I that don't was think still we'll what was Manu? That was four-one, I think. As was Chelsea. Chelsea was three-one, or was it four-one? I think it was four-one as well. Where as we were at it, yeah. <laughs> but they were both games without Lascelles. We don't seem to get spanked with him in the back four. But in the past, we've been we've been on the back of a few six or seven yeah. goals, passes, drummings, and we don't seem like that sort of team at the moment. Uh, on a serious note, which hotel were the lads be staying in in Manchester? Well, <laughs> Great question. The, the Midland always used to be the, um, the central... London, uh, Manchester Hotel of Choice. Um, do Ashley's enforced series of managers extend to hotel budgets this year? Possibly. Uh, Peter Dar says, well, "Hi, Han. Um, does Murphy not come in? Uh, does Murphy not come on in that game when he's performed so well recently, and especially when he we'd only use two subs? Fair point. Also, will it be our away form that keeps us up?" And is there even a way of changing that when we keep creating chances and not taking them? That follows on from my theme, really, of not having a great striker. I think one thing about Murphy not coming on could be uh, similar to um, 
playing the army, it might be that we're thinking of using Murphy against Man City. Maybe. Maybe. It'd be nice to see him do well against them. Yeah. I think Benitez generally doesn't rest players when there's no midweek game, though, either. So I think it did seem weird not bringing Murphy on, considering how mm. good he's been lately. And Richie does seem to be off the boil a bit. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely off the boil. He's he, he's moved down from a simmer. He's off the hob. He's off the hob. He's been taken off the hob. Peter Dars also said, he says it's because the crowd gets nervy and other teams grow into the game. I think there's something in that, especially games we're expected to control. But then we've managed to beat West Ham. Mind you, they're a bit more gung-ho. We beat them at home. I think we'll have more luck at home against teams that are around us, but not so far down that we're expected to dominate the game. Okay, well, we'll we better uh, start to wrap things up. Uh, so, what I would like from you guys is your gun and your badge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. Uh, we off the pod? <laughs> no, I would like your predictions for uh, Man City versus Newcastle. Two nil, Man City. Okay, uh, Dave. One nil Man City. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean that. Uh, it's sort of it's on. Uh, it's on to BT Sport again. I mean it's, it's sort of interest. Well, actually, the last one was on Sky Sports, but it's on telly again. It was sort of interesting. The last Man City Newcastle game, wasn't it? Do you think BT Sport were desperately trying to cancel televising it when they were watching the first one? Potentially. You wouldn't be surprised. But maybe they're gonna they're gonna counteract that by making things a lot more exciting and bringing back Michael Owen. <laughs> Does he no longer pundit on? Have we talked about his Dubai video on the pod before? I don't think. If you've not seen it, Google Michael Owen Dubai for the most wooden performances. Have you seen it, Dave? Dave. Yeah. Oh my God, he's dead. <laughs> Wow, I thought you died. Um, Were you talking to me? Have you seen Michael Owen's Dubai video? Oh, the helicopter yes. thing. It is amazing. Oh, Jesus. Right, I'm going to put that on uh, the Natter Twitter account. Yeah. There's Sam Torrance. <laughs> <laughs> he sort sounds like uh, Ringo Starr in Thomas the Tank Engine when he's talking. It's, um, you take that back. It's an amazing piece of work. It's... It, it's past the point. It, it's so bad that it's really very good. Yeah. <laughs> very partridge. So, right. Uh, my prediction for our game against Man City, I think we will... I think we'll end up losing 4-0. 4-0. But I, think, I don't think the second goal will go in until after the 60-minute mark. Okay, guys? Uh. No, actually, I think we will lose 4-1. I think it'll be another, the same as Chelsea and Man U. I think uh, we'll score first. Yeah, that okay. seems to... What, and then, yeah, yeah. That Good seems to be our actually. big mistake against the bigger teams, scoring early yeah. and first and annoying, waking them up. <laughs> and not being very good. Yeah. And that as well. Yeah. Oh, God, very, this is depressing. Oh, very negative, Pod. Very negative. But, you know, 
We're realists, and that's we're not we're... in the relegation zone. We've got the best goal difference in the bottom half of the league, which is as good as a point. Things could be a lot worse. Yeah, you'd probably take yeah, where we are now at the start of the season. And I have to say that the um, next next fixtures for the the Premier League, it's um, the teams below us, uh, like Brighton, like uh, Swansea, and Southampton. Uh, they haven't got easy games themselves. I mean, Brighton are at home to Chelsea. Burnley have got... Oh, well, Burnley aren't anywhere near us. <laughs> Southampton are <laughs> home to West Spurs. Brom. Yeah, Southampton at home to Spurs. Stoke are, are facing Huddersfield and that's Swansea, one, Liverpool. Which, yeah. So none of them... They haven't got like... It's it's lucky that our game that we're definitely not going to get any points from comes on a, on a weekend where you'd think a lot of the teams around us Aren't gonna are unlikely to pick up points themselves. We'd be screwed if you know if Brighton were at home. If you know, if, sure, but that's all, well, that's one weekend, isn't it? Everyone's got to play each other twice. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But I just meant like because if if for example um, they were all facing easier fixtures um, and and we were facing Man City, they could like a few of them could leapfrog us. We could be yes. in the relegation zone, and that's like. Um, you know, that's uh, psychologically that could have an effect. So hopefully, this this will just be like a another. Well, fuck it. But at least we're not in the relegation zone. Kind of. Podcast I felt like that was Monday. like you were trying to make us feel better about things there, but I don't. I, am. I this, don't this, feel better about things. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just mean that of all the of all the Saturday fixtures. No, I understand. I understand. Dave. So it's not so bad. Right, we'll, okay. we'll, I don't think we'll be in the bottom three next. On, you know next Monday good yeah that'd be nice yeah it's kind of a microcosm of our season like we've got a game we're probably going to lose but there's enough shit around us to mean we'll probably still be outside the bottom three yeah exactly okay well what is will always be a positive for me is that I get to spend some time in your company every week Uh, so (laughs) thank you so thank you very much to you, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. Thank you, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> Seconded. <laughs> that's just that's just classic professional presentering. What's wrong with that? Yeah, that's nice. Did you just say <laughs> presentering? Yeah, presentering, which is a which is a word that features on my CV. <laughs> <laughs> I do loads presentering, and I'm top. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's in crayon. Well, I thought that was a good link. Thank you to you, Paul Doolan. Thank you. And hey, you, the Newcastle Night listener. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you there. Don't forget, and this feels like as good a time as any to mention it, if you rate us or uh, review us on wherever you get your podcast from, then um, then it helps other people find the Newcastle Nutter. And I would like... it's in, It's my ambition that with... In five years, everyone in the world will be, have access to the Newcastle Matter. So go out there Can we and just spread fade him the down? disease. We... <laughs> <laughs> I want the Newcastle Natter to be within arm's reach. You want families huddled around it on a Saturday evening. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> as the... Yeah. Oh, dear. I think, yeah. I'm Well, I'm pleased with the way I ended this pod, guys. <laughs> I hope you guys are pleased with yourselves. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.
If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk and we're also available on all podcast platforms including iTunes, Acast and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.